Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily Boston Bruins podcast where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. The podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts, so chances are you've come via Apple, Spotify, maybe Stitcher, your Google browser, Pocket Cast is what I use. If you would kindly hit the subscribe button on your app of choice, each new episode will be automatically uploaded to your feed for you to download, listen, and enjoy. We do try to get a podcast out five days a week, and so I understand if you can't listen to each one, but you can get each new one right when it's ready to go and give it a listen. That would be very much appreciated. Also, if you could rate and review the podcast, That would be amazing, especially for Apple users. It really does help grow the show on the Apple uh, podcast charts. If you're on social media, you can find the podcast at LO underscore Boston Bruins. We're also now on Instagram at Locked on Boston Bruins. Me, you can find at Ian C. McLaren on Twitter as well as Instagram. And for those who may be joining the show for the first time, let me just quickly introduce myself. I'm a fairly uh, advanced (laughs) Bruins fan, been rooting for the team since the late 80s, and uh, have written about them. Actually, I was thinking about Joe Thornton over the weekend and remembered that his trade from the Bruins back in 2005, that was pretty much my first foray into hockey writing. Since then, I've written for my own site, for uh, the Hockey Writers, for SB Nation, for Daily Hive, and I worked for The Score for about five years as well as a full-time hockey news editor covering the NHL and uh, just a bunch of other stuff around the hockey world as well. Today on the podcast, we are going to discuss the news over the weekend that broke, which was the Bruins and Matt Grizzlick avoiding arbitration and signing a new contract through 2023-24. We'll also look at some things that Don Sweeney had to say about the state of the team as a whole, uh, particularly Zdeno Chara and whether he's done making uh, trades or signings, etc. But the big news was the signing of Grizzlick to a four-year contract through 2023-24, an annual NHL cap hit of $3.6875 million. Grizzlick, 26 He skated in 68 games with the Bruins last season, recording four goals and 17 assists for 21 total points. He's appeared in 200 almost NHL career games, 197, over three full pro seasons with the Bruins, 10 goals, 44 assists for 54 points. He's a 5'9", 174-pound defenseman who also recorded four goals and six assists in 43 postseason appearances he's a charleston mass native and he was originally selected by the bruins in the third round 85th overall of the 2012 entry draft now with the departure of tory krug it's largely expected that grizzlick will become the bruins top option as a left hand shot on the blue line Uh, you know possibly playing with charlie mcavoy on the top pairing and also getting some prime power play time as well he was a restricted free agent 
and his hearing was scheduled for Tuesday, but the two sides dug in, eventually came to terms on a new deal on Saturday afternoon. General Manager Don Sweeney said it took a while to find a landing spot, and there were a lot of variables in play, but as far as as how apart they were, there was a bit of a gap, and they had to breach some things. They had to work at it, and I'm thankful he said that Grizzlick's agent, Peter Fish, and Matt uh, were able to work through it, and all the work that Bruins assistant GM Evan Gold did in a pre-brief situation, as well as working with the arbiter and the lawyers. Sweeney said, we understand firmly where the arbitration case may land, but then it's up to an arbiter to make that decision. So you never know exactly where that is going to be finalized. We prefer to pursue it at a longer-term deal. We were fortunate enough to get it done. Now again, Grizzlick will enter his fourth full season in the black and gold uh, coming up here whenever the next season begins. Uh, He's been a staple on the third pair for the past few seasons. And again, his role is likely to expand moving forward with Krug leaving for the Blues and some uncertainty surrounding Zdeno Chara's future. Sweeney said, Grizzlick has proven that he can play in any different position on the left side. He's had a really consistent partner in Kevin Miller over a period of time. He's played with Brandon Carlo and with Charlie McAvoy in offensive situations. It might just depend on the matchup the coaches feel comfortable with moving forward. His ice time has been fairly consistent, even strength over the last three years, and they'll continue to look at advantageous positions they can put Matt in to help their transition game, get him involved in the offense. The Bruins feel comfortable in the way the right side is built right now and the depth and the different personalities that they have there. And Matt can play with anyone on the right side. Of course, there's Charlie McAvoy, Brandon Carlo, Connor Clifton, and Kevin Miller, uh, who was recently re-signed to a one-year $1.25 million contract, which I'm still scratching my head over a little bit. Sweeney believes Grizzlick can also further elevate his offensive game. Along with McAvoy, they have both manned the point on the Bruins' second power play unit in recent years, sometimes filling in for Krug on the top unit, and that's a position he could now take over permanently. They have, you know, in the playoffs, it was Pasternak, Marshan Bergeron, and David Krejci with Krug manning the left point, and that was very effective, and that could be a good opportunity for Grizzlick to slide in there and take over that role. Although I wouldn't also mind seeing Charlie McAvoy get some of those minutes as well. Sweeney said of the power play, he'll be playing with some pretty talented players. They've proven they can carry the weight of the power play as a group, and Matt will be able to complement that. As far as Grizzlick's ceiling, Sweeney says it's a little bit to be determined, and that could be where there was some point of difference between management and Grizzlick's representation. It all depends on the opportunities at hand and how well he plays in those opportunities. There is a vacancy made by Krug's departure that could allow his offensive game to continue to grow with a little more power play opportunity. And again, Sweeney said it's player driven. He said, I had a lot of conversations with the coaching staff about where they see the player fitting in, how he affects the transition game, his ability to move the puck and defensive zone exits. The rest is up to Matt to take advantage of a pretty good opportunity for him moving forward. If he can take advantage of that and semi-replicate what Krug was able to do in that position, then this deal will be great value for the Bruins. If he's not up to the task, 
then it could raise some questions about where the Bruins were thinking in uh, allowing Tori Krug to leave via free agency and, and believing they could fill things internally. So uh, that will be certainly interesting to watch over the first season of Grizzlick's contract and in, certainly into seasons two, three, and four if uh, reinforcements are not brought in on the left side. Before we move on, let's talk for a moment about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there. I can attest to that. I've tried some and Built Bar exceeds all by far. I have a gluten allergy, so they're all gluten-free, which is very important to me. They're covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew, and come in amazing flavors, uh, 18 different flavors, in fact. All that I've tried have been amazing nut and non-nut flavors for your choosing. They're also great for the health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. Now, right now, Built Bar is offering a special promotion for Locked On listeners. If you go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. It's a great deal, and you won't be disappointed. Now, Don Sweeney did have some other things to say while uh, discussing the contract extension for Matt Grizzlick. He said, while there aren't any other deals imminent, the team continues to look for depth, and he noted the signings of uh, Greg McKaig, Callum Booth, and Jake Vesborel earlier in the week, or last week at this point, I guess. He said, we continue to look for depth opportunities or players that were in trade conversations that we may have a hole to fill. I really don't know. We snagged Greg McKaig from a depth standpoint and created internal competition as well. As I've mentioned before, Sweeney said, we have several players that are knocking on the door that we'd like to see them continue to push, both in our forward group and on our back end. On the back end, of course, there's Borrell, there's Yerho Vakaninen, there's Jeremy Lozon. Up front, you have Jackson Nika, Trent Frederick, and restricted free agents Carson Kuhlman and Zach Sinishin, who have yet to be re-signed. Sweeney said they felt all along that they were going to need some internal growth. As far as the cap space, they're very comfortable position to finalize the RFA guys and for other opportunities that they may be able to pursue otherwise. Of course, as I mentioned, Kuhlman and Sinishin are restrictive free agents, and then Jake DeBrusque is the other big restrictive free agent that they must sign as well. Uh, of Kuhlman and Sinishin, Sweeney said they're having continued talks, and they're not far off from being resolved. So kind of wait and see there. I would expect that both of those guys would get a similar deal to what Jacobs Borrow got, kind of a two-year, one-way deal um, that would be, you know, in the seven hundred dollars to $800,000 range. When it comes to Zdeno Chara, Sweeney said negotiations are in a bit of a holding pattern as Chara contemplates his next steps. Now, Chara has said that he wants to play again. He wants to be a Bruin. His agent last week said that they're exploring options. Uh, the 43-year-old has expressed his desire to return for a 15th season as Bruins captain. And according to Sweeney, um, they're waiting on Chara to initiate what he'd like to do moving forward. Sweeney said he feels comfortable allowing that to take the necessary time. 
and let Zidano make his own decisions along that route. So looks like Sweeney has left it in Chara's court. Uh, whether he wants to come back and kind of what the parameters of the deal would be. Um, I would, you know, like to think that Sweeney and Neely and company are on board with bringing him back. But the longer it drags out, the more it opens the door for a resolution other than him coming back to the Bruins, which would be a real shame. I don't want to see him end his career elsewhere. Um, I hope it wouldn't be an internal cap issue. The Bruins are up against it a bit with DeBrusque and Kuhlman and Sinitian yet to sign. About $6.6 million left in cap space. So those of you clamoring for Mike Hoffman, that would require trading John Moore, Nick Ritchie to clear some space. Um, so we'll see how things shake out. But uh, again, the roster is not finalized. There may not be big swings that we were hoping for or anticipating, uh, but nothing's off the table at this point. If a deal comes along that's tantalizing for Sweeney, then he could pull the trigger. If not, it seems like he's comfortable with the roster, kind of as it stands, with some internal growth, with some new faces in the mix, Craig Smith, um, and also with some mainstays on the blue line potentially moving on. The other big news last week was the announcement of injuries or off-season surgeries for Brad Marchand and David Pasternak. Uh, should the duo have to miss time to begin next season, Sweeney said it's possible that he would use long-term injured reserve to open up cap space, but that doesn't necessarily mean they'll have to use it. Uh, he said, unless Marshan has a setback, indications are he's doing well in post-surgical rehab. He doesn't suspect there'll be any setbacks and should be ready to go. Pasternak, it's a matter of the timeline and depending on when the season starts. He said, again, we have to make sure the players are healthy. Pasternak is coming off a situation where he had to have something repaired. He feels so much better as a result, and he's in the early stages, but moving along very well in rehab. This was for a right hip procedure that he underwent. Sweeney said he'll be much better off pain-free in an area that was giving him discomfort. The Bruins don't him expect him to miss a lot of time, but that's predicated on when the season actually begins, and we still don't know that. Uh, he believes they do have depth throughout the lineup now, you miss a star player, obviously your lineup is affected, but the Bruins feel comfortable that they'll be able to plug holes if need be, especially on the right side with Kasha and Smith uh, really filling out the depth on that position uh, very well at the moment. So that's it from a Bruins perspective in terms of what happened over the weekend. Matt Grizzlick re-signed to a four-year deal and also... Some questions still about whether or not uh, Chara will be back, but it appears as though the ball is in his court at the moment, and hopefully the two sides will reach an agreement. Uh, you know, on the left side, you'd have Grizzlick, followed by Zboro, Vakaninen, Lozon, John Moore. So there is some depth on that side. Whether or not it's, you know, the kind of depth that can uh, help a team succeed is uh, anyone's guess at this point, but there are players to fill those holes at the moment and salary cap slowly running out. So it could be that Chara is squeezed out uh, unless they can make cap space. 
or unless um, you know DeBrusque comes in at a number that's lower than he's asking for or expected, or you know barring a trade, which is still very much possible, involving DeBrusque, involving a Brandon Carlo perhaps, possibly involving John Moore or Nick Ritchie, that would be ideal to clear some cap space. But uh, still early days in the offseason. Plenty to be sorted out league-wide. Plenty of free agents available. Plenty of trades left. Plenty of offer sheet opportunities. So uh, to say that everything has shaken out as it's going to is a bit premature. And uh, we'll keep on it here at the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast and bring you that breaking news whenever it does occur. So be sure to follow at LO underscore Boston Bruins, at ENC McLaren, and Locked On Boston Bruins on Instagram. Let's finish off with some news and notes from around the NHL. And the big news in relation to a former Bruin over the weekend was Joe Thornton signing a one-year $700,000 contract to play with the Toronto Maple Leafs this coming season. Thornton said, I need to win a Stanley Cup, and I think this is a great team that can do that. (coughs) Excuse me. (laughs) I couldn't even uh, get that out without... uh, chortling a little bit it was probably the hardest decision I've ever had to make hockey decision that is but I truly believe Toronto with the roster they have with the guys they picked up this offseason I think this team is ready to win now I'm ready to win Thornton of course has been a member of the San Jose Sharks since 2005 he recorded 1,055 regular season points with the Sharks Second most in team history behind Patrick Marlowe, who recently returned to the Sharks after signing a three-year contract with the Maple Leafs and then getting traded to the Carolina Hurricanes. He was bought out and then re-signed with the Sharks and then was traded to the Penguins at the trade deadline this past season and now was back with the Sharks. Anyways, Thornton, I guess, truly believes that the Maple Leafs are able to contend next year in his 15 years with the Sharks the Maple Leafs did not win a single playoff series but with the presence of Austin Matthews Mitch Marner William Nylander John Tavares as well as additions of Wayne Simmons uh, TJ Brody Zach Bogosian Thornton believes that this team is ready to take not just the next step of winning a playoff round but a bunch of steps in order to get right to the final and win the Stanley Cup. He said he gave it a long, hard thought. It just didn't work out back then, which was in 2017 when Dubas, Kyle Dubas was an assistant GM to Lou Lamorello. The Maple Leafs made a significant push to sign Thornton uh, along with Patrick Marlowe at the same time. He didn't feel like it was the right time and move for his family, but now uh, he believes it's the right thing to do. And, he is ready to um, yeah, win with the Maple Leafs. If you've listened to the podcast previously, you know that I advocated for the Bruins to pick up Thornton prior to the deadline. I think it would have been amazing to see him win a cup with the team that drafted him back in 1997. Um, Joe Thornton is one of my favorite non-Bruins, probably my top non-Bruin, and I have long wanted to see him win a cup. Um, yeah, I don't know if him signing with the Maple Leafs really changes things. Uh, I don't anticipate 
that being an issue really to see him winning a cup with uh, the Maple Leafs, but we'll see what happens. He did, of course, uh, wear number 19 for the majority of his career, and Jason Spezza wears number 19 with the Maple Leafs. Spezza offered it to him, but uh, Thornton declined it and will wear number 97 with the uh, Maple Leafs. So, yeah, it'll be weird to see him playing for Toronto for sure. Um, and, you know, hopefully he doesn't get too upset when the Bruins bounce the Maple Leafs in the first round of the playoffs this coming season. That is, if the format is the same and there's no Canadian division um, due to COVID-19. The other big news this morning is Doc Emmerich announcing his retirement from uh, NHL broadcasting. Doc Emmerich called 3,750 professional and Olympic hockey games and 22 Stanley Cup finals. And he's announcing his retirement from broadcasting here on Monday morning. You know, you know, as a Canadian, I grew up watching Hockey Night in Canada, CBC, um, you know, Bob Cole, Harry Neal, uh, now Jim Houston, Chris Cuthbert. It wasn't until the last few years when I you know, got Game Center and watched more American broadcasts that I really began to appreciate uh, Doc Emmerich and what he brings to the game and his unique voice. And so we wish him well and we'll miss hearing him. Quite honestly, I would listen to the American broadcasts over the CBC ones in recent years just because I liked Doc's call better than Jim Hewson for sure and um, just you know, was willing to stomach listening to Mike Milbury, Pierre Maguire in order to hear him call games. So he will be missed for sure. And um, all the best in retirement to Doc. That's it for Monday's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. For more on Joe Thornton, I suggest checking out Locked On Sharks or Locked On Maple Leafs to catch the reaction from both San Jose and Toronto. Do also check out the Locked On NHL podcast as well as Locked on Celtics, locked on Red Sox, locked on Patriots for all other news and notes from Boston sports teams. Locked on Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day, and we are just one branch of that. Um, Before we close, just some pop culture notes as I've become want to do on the podcast. Lauren and I are making our way through The Haunting of Bly Manor, which is not very scary, but I really do like the story, and it's a very uh, compelling story to be sure, with a lot of moving parts, and I'm very interested to see how it wraps up. I'm also deep into season two of Sons of Anarchy, which I am really loving. I can't believe it took me this long to watch the show, right up my alley with, you know, um, fun storylines, good action, and... um, Yeah, I really do like it. Some heart in there as well. And this season uh, has been very good. I just got through the episode where they were all in jail. A big fight uh, between Clay and Jax. And uh, I'm looking forward to see how that wraps up. I'm also almost done my reading of, what's it called? The Evening and the Morning by Ken Follett, which is a prequel to the Kingsbridge trilogy. If you like uh, his writing and historical fiction, I really do suggest checking that out on the podcast this week we're going to keep 
checking in on the Bruins and what they're up to in the offseason. I also have planned uh, an interview of myself from a former guest, which I hope is interesting to you all. And uh, yeah, just your daily dose of black and gold. Thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate each and every one of you who decides to tune in on a daily basis or even a couple times a week. It really means a lot. And uh, please do hit that subscribe button and also leave a rating and review if possible. Happy Monday, friends. Take care of each other and take care of yourselves. And we'll be back tomorrow with some more Boston Bruins content.